morning, everyone who is listening. As Bob said, my name is Joni Holm, and this is Prairie Doc Radio. This program is part of the Healing Words Foundation of 501c3, founded by my husband, Dr. Rick Holm. Um, I'm filling in for our usual host, Laura Ellsworth. Uh, I've taken on the role as the president of the Healing Words Foundation and have been working closely with our board and staff and volunteers to make sure that the meaningful work that Rick started will continue. We're here today to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 692-1430, 692-1430. Today, I have Dr. Kelly Evans in the studio with me, and we are here to answer your medical questions. Dr. Evans is an internal medicine physician, and she works at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, and also is one of the volunteer Prairie Doc physicians. So good morning, Dr. Evans. Good morning, Joni. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, particularly about dermatology. Yeah. We, of course, we'll answer any other questions that you might call in. Uh, but this week, our, um, gosh, what a week, Encore, our Encore show <laughs> of the summer is a show that Dr. Evans did with a good friend of hers um, called What is Growing on My Skin. And since we all have skin and we all have skin issues, it's it's a interesting and important topic uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that show last year that you yeah we recorded on. this in February and it was lovely at that time I was just guest hosting but my good friend Mandy Greenway one of my medical school classmates dear dear friends came all the way from Mitchell to to be our guest and she's she's a dermatologist there she's brilliant I thought she really did a great job so if you missed it in February or want to watch again it'll run this week and um, I thought she, I thought she really was an excellent guest. Mm-hmm. I always feel that uh, you you can't pick everything up the first time through, whether yeah. you're listening to a podcast or watching a, a show. So it is nice to watch a second time and, and click on to things that you might not have caught. Right. And as I said, I mean, the skin is something, I don't know anyone who hasn't had some kind of rash or problem that, uh, right. you know, we, we all have that. So what kind of things would you like to start with in discussing uh, skin issues? I mean, we are in summer, of yeah. course. Yeah, <laughs> right. So that's, you're hitting on, it's not it's not late enough that we're not thinking about sunscreen. In fact, we should always think about sunscreen, right? But, um, you know, sometimes I think we get a little fatigued of all the rules. Maybe in June, we're doing mm-hmm. great with our sunscreen application, and now we you know, everyone feels like they've got the, you know, I'm holding up air quotes, but base tan and they don't need the sunscreen so much anymore. The sun will still harm your skin if you're out there unprotected. So remember even in August and all through the year round, if you're, if you're out in the sun, sunscreen is best. I was a little surprised this morning as I drove to the studio, I saw a young man um, in his driveway and I don't think I've ever seen redder skin. Oh no. His entire back was bright red. So, wow. I've, I've, I've had a sunburn like that. It's, it, you know, I've, I'm pretty fair skinned. And if I am not protecting myself or, you know, when I was young and reckless and would go out there without sunscreen and, the, you know, yeah. it's, it's painful to even think about. But yes. Back um, in my day when we used to put the oil on yeah. instead of the sunscreen. But right. Try to bake instead of protect mm-hmm. yourself. Right. Yep. Right. A little we know different. better now. I mean, I think that the, we all know that... Um, 
just the general skin damage and the cosmetics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's good to protect your skin. But, you know, as an internist and I see older patients typically in clinic, every day we're talking about skin cancers and precancers, and those are all attributable to, um, to sun exposure, um, especially if you're just the right genetic setup for it. If your parents or siblings have had types of skin cancer, you're at higher risk for that. Um, so it's very common. Um, and, and so the other thing that I would say is if you got something growing and it's not going away and it just, you know, just go in and ask your, your general doctor about it. Most, right. most primary care physicians are pretty comfortable with, um, typical skin lesions and, uh, can either remove or biopsy something if needed or freeze it if needed or send you to the right place if they're right. not sure. Those moles that change, yep. uh, something that doesn't heal, something that you bump and right. it bleeds consistently those would be things to to have checked by your primary care physician yeah all right well let's take our first break and then we'll come back and talk about more skin issues or any other questions that you might have if you'd like to call us at 692-1430 with your medical concerns we would be happy to answer those and we'll return after this informative message from the avera medical group the five major symptoms of a heart attack are chest pain or discomfort in the center or left side of the chest that lasts for more than a few minutes or goes away and comes back. The discomfort can feel like uncomfortable pressure, squeezing, fullness, or pain. You might feel weak, light-headed, or faint. You might even break out into a cold sweat. You may have pain or discomfort in the jaw, neck, or back. You may have pain or discomfort in one or both shoulders. Shortness of breath may come with the chest discomfort. Other symptoms of a heart attack could include unusual or unexplained tiredness and nausea or vomiting. Women are more likely to have these symptoms. Call 911 if you notice symptoms of a heart attack. Promoting health and safety, the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Hi, this is Joni Holm. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm here with Prairie Doc physician, Dr. Kelly Evans, and we would like to discuss your medical questions. If you have a question you'd like to call us, please call 692-1430, and we'd be happy to talk about uh, whatever you are interested in. We are uh, focusing on skin a little bit uh, right now, unless we have a question. Uh, We were talking about sunburns. I'm curious about what, um, well, particularly with your friend as a dermatologist, what what kind of recommendations do you say for people like women and in, in, mm. in particular because we tend to to focus a little bit more but what's a good bedtime routine routine yeah for your skin so i think simple is best i mean if you scroll through social media you'll see all kinds of expensive and complex skincare stuff that probably is just expensive and complex and maybe you know i i don't know that it does everything that it's reported to do those those types of products so i know my friend mandy and i have talked about this she it's a simple cleanser and lotion at night i mean that's it it doesn't have to be complicated but Mm -hmm. gentle cleanser generally avoiding harsh things so so things that have probably fewer ingredients and and um 
simple and, and light cleanser. If you if you're a makeup wearer, um, certainly probably washing away the makeup is a good idea at night. Um, I as I've gotten older, I've just kind of done less and less, honestly. So mm-hmm. I think ju- just something simple. And everyone's a little different skin type. So looking for things if you're a more dry skinned person, a heavier moisturizer is probably good for your skin. If you're an oilier skin person, you might find products that that work for you there. But I mean, I think a cleanser and a moisturizer are all most people need for their healthy general skin stuff. You don't have to overthink this. Replacing the natural oils that we remove with washing, particularly like you say, if we're removing makeup. And I think with COVID, all of us have, or many of us have disbanded (laughs) that whole routine. Right, right. Uh, Maybe that's, maybe that's not a bad break for us, right? Maybe that's good for us. (laughs) And Mandy wrote a little bit about, um, in her article for, for the newspaper this week, she guest wrote the article for us and about some sort of troubleshooting with mask wearing things that she's seeing people come in complaining about related to sort of just Mm -hmm. the covering and the friction of the mask. So I thought that was very timely and nice advice. I agree. Mm -hmm. I have I have seen uh, I talked with people who have had some complaints mm-hmm. about it and certainly I've seen some pictures of that ICU nurse where mm. they they have the friction right. burns on their face which is just tough to think about right it's it is tiring and I worry mm-hmm. about you know our little kids as we talk about mask uh, I what do you think about the um, face shields Mm -hmm. yeah so we're getting a little bit more and more data as we go on about masks and types of masks and and effectiveness as far as spread we wear face shields in clinic in addition to our masks and so i don't know you may be asking about face shields as an alternative to masks to sort of give your face a break I think, you know, if, if you had a really large face shield, in theory, it would probably keep a lot of droplets off the face if you're just coming face to face with people and talking. But it's it's hard to imagine a face shield that fully protects the mm-hmm. air that's that you're that you're going to be breathing in. So I don't know that it's a replacement. It's a great as an eye covering and sort of a second. So in the clinic, we wear I wear a face shield over. Um, my mask and some people just wear goggles but I like that it gives me that extra layer of droplet Mm -hmm. protection and it's actually more comfortable for me than goggles it fogs up a little bit less I have -hmm. I have a hard time wearing my glasses with masks so um, I've kind of abandoned that because I I fortunately can do it but um, I don't know that a face shield is going to be a replacement for masks I have Mm -hmm. heard with children the concern of the mask wearing and touching and that the face shields might be a little easier for them but i i agree with you that you do have a, a lot of opening yeah there. yeah and i think you know there i've heard educators have concerns about masks especially with small early educate small kids early education when you're teaching things like phonics and sounding out letters and words and and not being able to see see their mouth so i mean in mm-hmm. those cases it might be a reasonable thing to swap it out for those short periods of time when you're focusing on things that really you need to be able to see a full face to mm-hmm. to do that so i think i think it you know it, it may be it's better than nothing probably but but may not be a great long-term replacement for the mask it would be nice sense. if we yeah. had some clear mask i heard the yeah. same thing especially with language teachers yes that if you're teaching french and oh people goodness can't see your mouth well it could be difficult yeah so, absolutely yeah and so a little uh branch off of our skin but yeah. although we uh, are did start that discussion yeah. with the skin issues caused by mask and I, I do think the one tip that I found 
really helpful in Mandy's essay was that probably the best gentlest fabric for your skin is cotton. So mm-hmm. for if you're if you got to wear a mask to work or wear it to the grocery store, try and find something that's cotton at least on that inner layer. Um, it will be much more gentle on your skin than other fabrics. And and so important to yeah. wear the mask. Yes, yes. <laughs> I yeah, I was doing some reading this morning, and I I tell you, we can find lots about the rally <laughs> and masks. So I won't yeah. go there, but mm. I will encourage you. Yes, as we're still going to really really encourage people to do it as much as you're around other people in the community. I think we got to do it if we want to be able to have some sense of normality. Right. And as we're all concerned with schools starting, yes. with SDSU starting, we are going to have an increased um, susceptibility, increased uh, togetherness. And so, again, folks, let's try to remember that and protect those who are at higher risk. Right. Um, now, I, uh, to back up just a second, yeah. I thought of something when we were talking about the sunscreen. I heard this tip from a dermatologist. It was on another show that we did. And I have always forgotten to do it myself, but I think it's so smart uh, to put, um, when you put your sunscreen on, then take some Vaseline and put it around your eyes. Because then when you're hot and sweaty, that sunscreen doesn't roll into your eyes. I'm like, gosh, this summer when we've had a little higher humidity than Mm -hmm. we've had in the past, there have been many times where I'm just dripping into my eyes. I'm like, what a great idea. I can just remember to do it. Yeah, Vaseline or petroleum jelly can be a great sort of barrier and moisturizer. Um, I know my, yes, the people I know who are dermatologists love Vaseline. So if if in doubt, give it a try. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. That's the the less expensive. Yes. Uh, skin treatment that Mm -hmm. dermatologists do love. So uh, we have some questions, which we thank you very much for calling in. The first question says that the the collar has little moles all over and they're starting to itch. Should she be, she, he be concerned? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, this is, it's challenging to answer dermatology questions without a visual. So I would say if you're having an increase, so little moles all over in general, doesn't sound like something that's concerning for like cancer to me. But as a general rule, if it's bothering you, go get it checked out. I mean, because there may be something topical that at least will help that irritation or itch or something that will make it more tolerable for you um, and, and some reassurance to know that, mm-hmm. that someone with a practiced eye has, has looked. But I mean, so, and sometimes things on your skin can reflect underlying conditions too. So there, there are cases in which... There might be skin findings that reflect an underlying um, disease that's going on in your body that you might not have other symptoms of. So if you're having changing skin lesions, I don't think it's urgent. You probably don't need to get it checked out today, but make an appointment with your doctor and just see what they think. I think that sounds good. uh, You know, the moles may mislead you (laughs) so maybe that's the word Mm -hmm. i mean maybe that itchiness from something else and so right get it checked because it's a change right it's It's if it's a change it's worth checking out and and nine times out of ten it's benign and you may not need to do anything about it but again if they're causing you symptoms and are bothersome then it may be worth seeing if there's something that you can do to tone down the irritation at least I think the second question fits perfectly with the with the same response um, in that the person has had a mole um, that had 
seems to hang or dangle off the skin Mm -hmm. um, on the inner part of her breast and should she be concerned? Yeah, so uh, again, this is a disclaimer. I can't say for sure what this is without actually seeing it, but the, the description that the caller provides is, um, of a, a kind of a protruding mole in an area that there's kind of a lot of friction. Skin tags Skin tend tags. to grow there. And, and again, I, it, this could be something else. And if it's, again, if it's bothering you, it's worth getting checked out. Skin tags are typically skin colored. They're not usually pigmented. They can kind of have a long stalk. They don't tend to have, you know, a weird texture or anything. They just kind of tend to hang. And they commonly occur in the armpits and the, the, the collar line of the neck and sometimes under the breast. And they're benign, but sometimes they grow big enough that they're bothersome. And, and if that's the case, it's not difficult to remove them. Um, so, again, but again, if it's changing, growing, bothering you, it's worth mm-hmm. getting getting it looked at it sounds like the location is the issue here yeah. and you know if if it were bothering me if it were, right. it's in an area where the friction is could potentially cause some bleeding mm-hmm. and irritation it's definitely worth having it looked at yeah let's take our second break and okay. then we'll come back and we hope that you uh will call us with more medical questions at 692-1430 Um, Our program is also available on Apple Podcasts. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcasts. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We'll return after this message from the Avera Medical Group. Being alone or with very limited social interactions during the pandemic can be difficult. With some effort on your part, there are some ways to decrease the effects of isolation. Keep a schedule. Stay active. Do something meaningful like working on your genealogy or organizing photo albums. Connect with others by letter, email, phone, Zoom, or try online games. Find comfort in old movies or lighting a candle and having a cup of tea. These are just a few ideas to get you thinking. You can do this. If you find your loneliness getting out of hand with feelings of depression, call your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Joni Holm, and Prairie Doc Physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. Please give us a call at 692-1430, and that's area code 605. Uh, We have one more question that has come in, and this uh, caller says, when you reach your 90s, should you be less concerned about moles? Yeah, so I, I think that's a fair question, and it's it's not spe- to, in my mind it's not specific to dermatology. It's kind of generally how concerned should I be about new things that come up in my nineties. And so, what I would say about about moles, um, so skin cancers. There's there's kind of several breeds of skin cancer, right? So the scary one, the most aggressive type of skin cancer is a melanoma, and that usually is darkly pigmented the the actual melanoma lesions can look pretty ugly with different pigments and irregularities but those are the heavily pigmented type of skin cancers and those are the ones that can spread and you know metastasize and and can cause death even in young people Uh, that's that's the that's the big sort of bad one The more common skin cancers, and one that we tend to see more and more as people grow older, are called basal cell carcinomas and squamous cell carcinomas. These tend to be slower growing. And so, so number one, these are very common in people in their 90s and 80s and 70s for that matter. 
And number two, you know, we, we don't generally think of them as likely to lead to metastasis or death. These are generally kind of uh, localized problems. What I would say is it's a little bit dependent on location and symptoms again. So if you have a basal cell carcinoma on your cheek or your ear or your nose, and even if you're 95, it may be worthy of having it removed, partly because those things are only going to grow more, become a little more disfiguring. And the longer you wait, the bigger a deal it is to get them taken out, right? Because you know, especially on your face, if you if there's limited tissue, it just becomes more challenging for the person removing it. And a lot of times, your family practice or your yeah. primary care provider can right. remove those. Right. Yes. Whether they use um, a uh, cryo, often, yeah, we are, if they're true. So if they're precancers, cryo or liquid mm-hmm. nitrogen works. If they're sort of if they're actual skin cancers, we often will shave biopsy them, and sometimes if they're residual, the dermatologist will, especially if they're not on the face, if they're on an arm or somewhere where that's not, you, we don't necessarily worry about cosmetics. They can kind of use a scraping tool to scrape mm-hmm. the base of the cells, and they might have to do that a couple of times. But there's ways that are pretty minimally invasive to do this. I mean, the upside is that. You don't have to like go under general anesthesia to have this stuff done. They're pretty right. simple in-office procedures. So um, I, I wouldn't, you know, do nothing about them if you're otherwise in, in reasonable health. There are times where I have an older patient that has a lot of health problems, a lot of other stuff going on. And if they've got a small skin cancer growing, that's kind of low on my priority list. I mean, I think it's very dependent on the patient and the location and nature of the lesion. Right. And I think that could be said for other illnesses as well. We need to look at all the parameters, the age of the person, what kind of of problem it is and how slow it changes mm-hmm. and of course i'm thinking you know like prostate cancer sure we yeah. may not have to treat that because we may just give it time and right. it's so slow growing so uh, it everything is dependent on, on lots of things so it is and i think yeah i think that provider. that's a great region to have a good relationship with a primary care doc who knows all your health history who gets an understanding for what your mm-hmm. preferences are and your values are and can help walk you through those decisions when they come up right mm-hmm. and we don't you as a patient you don't have to treat everything aggressively that's you, true you absolutely I, I tell my people especially as they're in their 80s and 90s you know what you've made it to 90 years old you really get to be the boss of what we do and don't do as far as your medical care yeah that's <laughs> a great way to look at it and yeah maybe all along but more so yes even of then. course yes. All, all along but yeah the, there's a lot of things that you could sort of take or leave as you get to a certain age I think all right um what what other skin issues? What about the typical scrape that, you know, our children may, well, we may have as well as our children? What kind of care should a family provide when uh, they have a minor scrape on, yeah. a, on the skin? Good. I think a great question. So a knee scrape or maybe it's a, a cut from, from a, a minor injury. I think general rule, just wa- simple washing with water and soap is is ideal. You don't ha- you don't necessarily even have to have any chemicals. So soap and water right off the bat. Keep it covered just to try to, especially in kids, to avoid introducing new bacteria if there's something open there. A scrape usually it's it's rare for a scrape to get 
secondarily infected. So, uh-huh. but but if it's a deeper thing or it's still bleeding and open, just keep it covered. I think some simple antibiotic ointment keeping around the house, that's a good tool to use to, again, just avoid that getting infected. A lot of people use peroxide. I think, you know, we don't, I don't use peroxide a lot. I think, I don't think there's a lot of good reasons to use peroxide. If I really want to sterilize something, be it a, a cut or something like that, I'll use rubbing alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I, the things that I keep around my house are rubbing alcohol antibiotic ointment, soap and water. I think you can get get around most stuff with that simple. Good old band-aids. Yeah. Yes, band-aids. Yeah. <laughs> There's a cute commercial out right now where the child yells to mom, mom, I have a scrape. And she says, get a band-aid. And he says, it's still bleeding. And she says, get two. <laughs> like, yeah, See, my simple. kids are four and they like mm-hmm. having band-aids on everything right now. Right. So we actually have to police the band-aid uses in, usage in our house. No, <laughs> that does not get a band-aid. If it's not bleeding, no band-aid. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny right okay um cleaning the skin though is a, is that important first step what, let's yeah. talk about tetanus shots while we're yeah, talking good. about that mm-hmm. yeah so tetanus shots certainly if you have what we'd say a laceration a cut in the skin especially if it's using a tool in your in your garage or whatever or at your workplace if there's metal involved that could be rusty so for a laceration or a puncture wound, you should definitely think about tetanus shot. And so the general rule for tetanus shot is if you have an injury, so if someone comes in and from their workplace they had a puncture wound and we have to clean the wound in clinic or whatever, if it's been more than five years, then we will give them a tetanus booster. Um, in absence of a wound like that, we generally say every 10 years, you should make sure that just preventative wise, if you're in for your, for your physical check on when your last tetanus shot was and make sure it's been within 10 years, then that very much lowers your risk for tetanus. Tetanus is exceedingly uncommon in the United States anymore, but it's because we keep people vaccinated, right? We vaccinate children and everyone against this. And then the other thing to just remember where the, the T, so we started giving Tdap, which mm-hmm. is the tet, the type of tetanus booster that contains pertussis or whooping cough vaccine in it we started giving that to adults gosh it's maybe been 10 or 12 years ago Mm -hmm. now that that we sort of discovered we were having some resurgence of whooping cough in communities discovered that adults immunized in childhood didn't keep their immunity all through adulthood so there's now a recommendation that every adult at some point have one tdap as their tetanus booster Aside from that, we usually just do the TD. Tetanus. But so I always check on that. If if my adults do for a tetanus shot and they've never had their Tdap, then we'll give them that one. Give them one more. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What about a child who never gets a tetanus shot? Yeah. So that child would be, in theory, at higher risk of tetanus. Um, you could always restart the vaccine series at, as the child gets older or in adulthood. But I suppose if, if that child had a wound that warranted tetanus vaccine, you'd probably start the series and really encourage them to come back and complete the series. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I yeah. mean, it's not a, a common thing, but yeah. a, a dirty wound that could potentially cause tetanus, I personally would really yeah have the protection on board if we could right so interesting so if you haven't had that tetanus shot probably check next time you're in yeah again not one of those things where you run in to get but uh, when you're in for routine care yeah definitely consider it part of your preventive care yep right all right we're going to take our final break Um, Thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. 
and we'll be right back after this message from the Avera Medical Group. Attention drivers, there are many bikers on the road. Please remember these rules. Share the road. Bicyclists have the same rights to the road as motor vehicles do. It is the law to allow three feet between your car and the bicyclist. Give bicyclists space on the road. When turning right, look right before proceeding. Always check the sidewalks as well as the traffic lanes when merging or turning. Slow down and watch for pedestrians and bicyclists. The Avera Medical Group Brookings encourages drivers as well as bikers to help prevent accidents. Hi, this is Joni Holm with Dr. Kelly Evans for the Prairie Doc Radio Program. We're happy that you're listening, and we have a few more minutes if you'd like to call in a medical question at 605-692-1430. Well, we've been talking in particular about skin because mm-hmm. we are going to uh, see the show with with you and Dr. Greenway mm-hmm. this uh, Thursday night at 7 o'clock. So if people have other skin questions uh well we won't be able to call in but you'll be able to learn by watching yes. on uh, on public tv on thursday night mm-hmm. um any other skin topics that you'd like to bring up oh well i, I guess another common question that i get is about just the common wart I, had a, I saw you know this is something that we see depending on the population you see pretty pretty commonly so warts are common and often we see them on the hands or the feet would be the most common places to see them we see them a lot in kids um my spiel about warts is is that you don't have to treat a wart if you don't if it's not bothering you if it's in a location mm-hmm. that's not bothering you so these warts are caused by the hpv virus and the natural history if you do nothing to a wart your immune system does eventually figure it out in a healthy person and and generally the wart in most people will go away in about two years, but it's probably going to hang around for a while. So, I mean, if, if it's bothering you, there's multiple over-the-counter options. Um, typically, your primary care physician has access to liquid nitrogen to t- treat warts. Sometimes we use some chemical treatments. Um, and, and in some cases, if people have a lot of warts, we use um, some pharma- pharmacology and, and prescribe medicine for topical treatments. But warts are common. They're not a big deal. Um, and you you have the choice to do nothing about them. Don't feel like you have to go right. cutting off or treating your ward if it's not bothering you. And actually, it can be quite expensive yeah. to have Yeah, insurance done, generally so. doesn't, you know, insurance, commercial insurance generally considers it cosmetic. And so you should know that if you do get it treated in the clinic, it may not be a covered service. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. tough because you might want to get those done, but that's expensive. Right. Well, we're going to wrap up here. We appreciate all of you listening. We want to remind you that tomorrow night on South Dakota Public TV we have a show entitled What Is This Growing on My Skin? So we'll have lots of dermatology discussion uh, then. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen for the Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Vera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow us on Prairie Doc uh, on Facebook and YouTube. And for free, easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And so, as uh, my husband would often say as he ended the show, Dr. Yes. Evans, stay healthy out there, people. Great. Thank you for being here with yes. us today.